0: Hi, my name's Willie Russo, and you're listening to Interview with an Artist. Being an artist isn't your traditional career path, even though it's among the oldest professions of all time. So how do people get into it, and how do they keep going when a creative funk settles in? From selling their first piece of work to naming their biggest critic, I talked with a range of inspiring creatives about life as an artist. Pip Spiro's path to much-loved Australian painter has had a few detours. First a business degree, then a period working in advertising in London, and then a move back home to mum and dad's after quitting full-time work to pursue her creative passion. Her first solo exhibition in 2018 sold out, and since then, her following has only grown. Pip paints colour-rich still lifes, with a recent series containing botanicals and shells, I guess you could call them Mother Nature's own works of art. Now, what makes Pip's work even more outstanding is that she paints in watercolours. If you have ever had a play with watercolours, you will know they are unforgiving. One wrong stroke and your whole picture is ruined. Well, Pip uses layer upon layer to achieve a depth in colour that belies the medium. Pip Spiro joined me for this week's interview with an artist from her studio in Brisbane. Oh, and one last thing before I let you get into it. If you enjoyed today's episode, please do me the friendly podcast community act of rating, reviewing and sharing. It really helps. Thanks. Enjoy. How is it in Brisbane today?
1: Lovely to, to speak with you, really. It's actually quite cool here today, which is a nice change.
0: I love when Brisbane people say it's nice and cool because I think winters in Brisbane are just so beautiful.
1: Yes, it's probably very mild for, for lots of people, but no, it's nice. I've got a jumper on and, and I'm comfortable. So yeah, no, it's a lovely day. Thank you.
0: You studied marketing and worked in advertising before becoming a full-time painter. What was the catalyst to head to the canvas full-time?
1: As you said, I um, I studied business management at university. And when I graduated, I sort of got a job in advertising. And I did that for I think it was five years. I And I loved it. Um, but I always knew that I wanted to do something more creative and something for myself. And I didn't have like a firm and fast idea of, of what that would look like. And I never would have imagined it would be just painting the way that the way that I am now. But it was always in me that I wanted to be doing something else. And I think I must've been about 25. And I just I just got to the point where I thought, if I don't break away now, I'll never do it. So I thought of, I'd been thinking about it for a long time and I just, I quit my job. I moved back home with my parents and I just started trying to figure out what, what I was gonna do with the rest of my life. And as part of that, I, I just started drawing heats and, and painting. It's something, like, I loved it. I did art at school and always loved drawing and painting. But, um, yeah, I just started, I had more time to sort of do it and explore it. And once I started, I just kind of, I've never really stopped.
0: Growing up, you've watched your father paint with watercolours. I read a piece where you said he used to take them on holidays with him. Yeah. Do you feel creativity is something that's inherent or do you feel it's something that can be taught? That's such a great question. I think
1: I think my upbringing had a lot to do with where I've ended up. Yeah, as I said, my, my dad always painted and it was just something that he, you know, that was a hobby for him and something he was inclined to do. But just my whole life, I think we all just, I've, I'm one of four kids, I've got three sisters and we just... We were always encouraged to make things and do things and, and make our own fun and do our own things. My sister's a florist and my granny was a florist, actually. And I think there's probably a bit that's inherent and genetic and it's just in us. But I think our upbringing was just really conducive to making something from nothing, if that's yeah. I makes mean.
0: sense. Yeah, it does. It sounds like um, your parents really fostered and nurtured that creative um, element of you guys.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Now, your style has been described as photorealistic watercolours and and there are a number of steps involved for you to get to the finished piece from the idea and the pulling together of the flowers and the fruit and whatever the still life may contain Mm -hmm. Can you walk us through the process from idea to finished painting?
1: Sure. So what I paint is um, always quite realistic and detailed representations of natural things. And I guess I started off um, painting a lot of sort of quite traditional botanical style depictions of things. So they'd sort of be floating on a page. And that is very much just things, things that sort of would jump out at me that I love. And I would then just take a detailed photo and paint from that photo. But as I have sort of evolved, I get my ideas from, who knows where people get ideas from, but it's a sort of, you know, it might be sparked by just seeing a thing or a combination of things or, or a combination of colors. Often I'll sort of start from a color palette that I'm, I'm really wanting to sort of delve into. And then I sort of find elements that, will work for that and shapes and shapes and colors. And I then spend a lot of time photographing things to sort of, and, and going through photos and to figure out sort of a composition and a color collection that will work together. So yeah, so I'll, I'll photograph things. Um, and then from those photographs, I cull and go through and pick sort of where it is that I feel like a painting might work from. And then I, once I've sort of chosen my subject, I, I work from that photograph. I paint things quite large now. I used to do them sort of smaller life size, but now nowadays I tend to do things sort of two or three times life size. So I'll scale it up and I'll spend a fair amount of time drawing that up and, and making a pencil drawing that's quite accurate so that I can then translate that to an accurate painting. And I paint in watercolour. So I'm, I'm working on paper um, and watercolors. Not very forgiving because, you know, if you make a mistake, you can't sort of paint over the top of it. And I work my paint up quite a lot, probably quite a lot more than sort of traditional watercolour. So it's a time, it's a very time-consuming process. I I just do layers upon layers upon layers of paint and take it a square inch at a time, really.
0: (laughs) A really big piece can take like weeks or even months, can't it?
1: That's right. It, it really can. And it depends. Sometimes I'll surprise myself and a bigger piece might might work quicker, like anything. You know, some things are, are quicker than others to paint. But um, particularly now I've got, I've got two little kids. So I don't paint 100% of the time. I have them half of my week and then the other half of my week they go to childcare. And so I paint. But I paint in, I paint when they sleep. I've always painted when my kids sleep. And I paint on the weekends and it's normally a couple of weeks, but it can be maybe two months for a really big painting. But I find because my time is a little bit sort of disjointed with, with little kids and having young family, I need to be at my easel as regularly as possible. So even if it's just for 20 minutes here or there, I find that so much better than having a break of a couple of days it just takes me a lot longer to get back into the groove as opposed to if I just sort of got 20 minutes in one night and then half an hour the next day it keeps me on a roll and I sort of remember where I was at
0: I, I imagine you would want to maintain that connection to a painting and those little snippets of time would help you do that
1: yeah totally and you know in saying that, I think I also, I just love it so much. It's really, it's such a joy for me to do. And it's my, you know, if I can be anywhere, if, if I don't have my kids, if I could be anywhere, I'll I'll be painting. That's where I choose to be. I'm so lucky that it's my work, but I love doing it. So it's not, it's sort of a compulsion, if anything, to like always be the, at it. But it's good, because I, I have had times where I've had sort of breaks from from it, and I just it takes me so much longer to sort of get back to where I was. So that's my my little learning is that I'm better off just sort of doing as regularly as I can.
0: And do you have a home studio that you work in?
1: I do, I do. So I've always I've always painted from home. We're actually just about to finish a renovation on our house, so I'm really excited because I've got a proper studio.
0: Oh, how exciting! Yeah,
1: it's really exciting. I I can't believe my luck. I'm I'm very excited. It's still not huge, but I don't need a huge amount of space. Just I'm because I'm just working with a sheet of paper, and it's quite big, but watercolor is reasonably neat and contained. Um, but yeah, it's at home, so I can you know I put the kids down, and then I just scoop skewed off to the studio and that what always worked really even before I had kids I I don't mind being on
0: my own I I love it. Can you remember the first piece you sold?
1: I can well when I so when I first sort of started it was really illustration when I first started I would work in pen and ink and then paint watercolor over the top but yeah my my sister-in-law Anna Spiro she is a a very talented interior designer and um she has a well she did have a store and a showroom here in Brisbane it's not 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 a shop anymore she just has her sort of workroom and showroom but she'd seen a few of my illustrations and she said oh why don't we do a little show here in its shop and you know we can have some champagne and see if anyone buys them and So that was, I was so lucky to have that opportunity. And, yeah, it was these red geraniums. It was a sort of, it looked like it it was quite a botanical illustration. But, yeah, red geraniums. I I still remember them. I didn't love them either. and I was really surprised that someone wanted to buy
0: them. Yeah, (laughs) It's so exciting, isn't it?
1: (laughs) Oh, so exciting. You just kind of can't, you're like, oh, do you, really? 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 (laughs) You're like, yeah. It's very exciting. I still get so excited. I still feel so ugh, flattered that when people when people love my work enough to, you know, have it in their home and, and pay good money for it, 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 I feel really lucky.
0: I read that when you held your first solo exhibition in Fortitude Valley in 2018, I think it was in July 2018, the complete show sold out. That's so awesome. <laughs> it
1: was a a bit of a surprise, but like a really happy. I was so happy that it all just kind of worked out. It was it was a bit of a risk going into it. I I'd, I'd undenied at how to do it. and I just sort of thought, no, nah, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to put it all out there and get a space and make it look really good and frame these pieces up really beautifully. And I work with a beautiful framer. And I sent the catalog out. Um, I have a really good sort of database and sort of people who have bought work before or been interested over the years so I sent it out to them a week before and I think most of it sold in the first day so it was a, it was a success which uh, is, a, is a big relief it was so great I'm really glad I was seven months pregnant when I when oh my, my goodness so I really like pushing it it was like this it had, it had to be this perfect point of enough time to paint the paintings but not too late that I was too pregnant to do it. So anyway, I got it in and it just in the nick of time. <laughs> and it went well.
0: Oh, my God, it went well. So when did you start calling yourself an artist?
1: Oh, I think I I still struggle with that. I actually calling yourself an artist, you sort of think, oh, you feel like a bit, I feel like a bit of a fraud even still. But I think... When I started doing it, I was working part-time and I continued to work part-time for a couple of years. And, yeah, I, I went full-time in, I think, about 2015. And I think since then, I once I went full-time with it, it definitely changed. It, it, I got so much better. It's just a lot of it is just practice, you know, and it's just time. And I think your confidence sort of the more time you spend doing it, the more your confidence is solidified around the fact that, you know, this is something you do and, and people want to pay money for them and that's what an artist is, someone who sells their paintings. So, yeah, I think I've sort of probably become more comfortable with it over time. But now I do, if someone asks what I do. Sometimes I just say I paint and people say, oh, paint houses and I say, oh, no, paint books.
0: <laughs> it's so funny you say that. The last two painters I've spoken with, so one um. Gemma Rasdell who's a beautiful Sydney-based painter and then Laurie Laurie Pensini who's a a wonderful Western Australian woman who paints. um, They both use the same response in terms of (laughs) I'm I'm a painter and they say they both then have that awkward conversation of people going oh you you paint houses okay okay. (laughs) They're like no canvas oh oh, don't worry don't worry.
1: Yeah, and then you just yeah, exactly. That's my exact experience. It's nice to no, know I'm not alone. They look at you very strangely, like I think they're picturing you up on scaffolding or something, I don't know. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> Can you remember a piece that you saw by another artist um, that spoke to you and whether it was it inspired you or you thought, wow, that's just a really stunning piece of craftsmanship? Can you remember one and, and who it was by?
1: Yeah, I, um, I often come back to this, I, I love Georgia O'Keeffe, she's probably one of my favourite artists and I love all her work and my paintings look nothing like her, I mean obviously she's Georgia O'Keeffe but completely different styles and everything but just her use of colour and her composition is just incredible and she's done a series of Calla Lily paintings and there's one in particular it's called Calla Lily Turned Away and it's just this single stem and it's just there's so much movement and this it's so sculptural and just her color and it's almost just like a perfect painting and I just I think I really needed to see that because I often sort of question myself I, I I'm sort of like oh I just sort of paint flowers or I'm just painting shells is that really art but her paintings of flowers and, and this particular Callie it's just A nice reminder that nature is already so beautiful and the natural form is incredible. And so you can just reinterpret that on its own in a way that can be a piece of art.
0: I I would agree with that statement wholly. Absolutely, it is art what you're doing. And yes, nature is just the lines and the colours. Like, you know, you think of any colour combination we as humans put together and think we're amazing for putting that colour combination together. Mother Nature has done it a million times before us.
1: You're so right, 100% right. My Instagram, it just always comes back to nature. Like, it sounds a bit twee perhaps, but...
0: Oh, no, I think you posted, like, this beautiful cotton candy sky once and I remember messaging you going oh my god it's so beautiful and you were like isn't it beautiful
1: so incredible and just like yeah you wouldn't be able to dream up those colors and and they're there in the sky it's it's amazing
0: oh my god yes and what do you do to get out of a creative funk
1: oh that's a good one I actually find the drawing really interrupts that it, it requires a lot of concentration for me. So, if I'm feeling, if I'm not feeling something, I come back to something that I want to sketch that requires a lot of concentration and it's really methodical. And I think that kind of just rewires me to sort of get out of that side of my head and just come back to something that's quite, it's almost like a rote skill for me, drawing yeah I find if I'm if I'm not feeling something I can always just do that and then and I think it's about confidence too so I think that's part of perhaps subconsciously why I do it because I I come back to it and I go okay I know I can do that I come back and draw something and then once I've been in the drawing thing I get I get tired of that and I go oh I just want to do something else and then I come back and usually I'll, I'll sort of have fresh eyes and a fresh take on wherever I was at and whatever was, I was sort of struggling with.
0: And how do you know when a piece is done?
1: Oh, I, I don't. Often I feel like I could just keep going and keep going because I paint quite, in quite a lot of detail. So I feel like I could continue for a very long time. But as I've gone on, I have got better at, I do, well, I do recognise that I don't need to paint everything in absolute perfect, crisp, 100% photo realism often it works better to sort of leave things so I think it's just a gut feel and I think yeah sometimes I'll leave things I usually leave things and don't look at it and then come back to it a couple of days or a week later and then I'll usually spot just some little things and fix it up and then that normally sort of gives me comfort that okay that's done now I've I've
0: had a break I've come back that's good I'm done yeah (laughs) who would you say is your biggest fan
1: my husband, my dear husband, Nick, he's a wonderful support to me and he definitely, like the whole way, you know, when, before we were married, he was the one that said to me, oh, when I was working part-time and, and doing my art part-time, he just said, what are you doing? Just do it properly. If you're going to do this, you've got to do it. And he really encouraged me to sort of take that leap and he's just always encouraged me and he believes in me and, yeah, it's really nice having that. And having a bit of a push as well, I think sometimes I, I might lack the courage to just get out and do things. Um, but he'll push me, which mm-hmm. it which is really good.
0: It is good. And and I I like what you say in with regards to lacking the courage because, you know, being a creative individual, it's a very internal personal pursuit. And I would say those personality traits don't necessarily always latch on to brave and courageous. So yeah, you almost need that, just that kind of constant, you should do it. This is great. You should keep going. I find that's, that's kind of, that's important, particularly in the early stages of a creative journey. A
1: hundred percent. And yeah, it's just, 'Cause it's just about conviction in yourself and you've gotta you have to push yourself, particularly as you're starting, or the whole way through. If 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 you're not pushing yourself, no one else will push it for you. So having someone behind you that you trust sort of saying, Come on, you're great, do it. It it's invaluable. It really is.
0: And who's your biggest critic?
1: Probably also Nick. It, it's really good. It, like He'll always tell me I run a lot past him. We, we just, yeah, yeah, he's, we just, we do that. We run a lot past each other He with his work and with my work. And he's really honest with me, which is great. Sometimes it sort of bristles me and I might not want to hear it, but I, I really appreciate the objectivity and just a different perspective. Sometimes we have different tastes, which is, is great as well it's just like a different aesthetic I always take it on board I won't always do what he says of course but um it's really helpful having someone to challenge you and to sort of push you and also you can't have someone wrap you up in cotton wool and always tell you everything's great because yeah it it's not like that and and it's not always going to be received by that like that by other people so you need a bit of a bit of tough love sometimes as well.
0: And they're having that bit of thick skin in the creative business. I mean, it's, uh, it's kind of essential.
1: Yeah, it is. And it's so hard. It's such a, it's a very vulnerable thing to do. you put, you just sort of like, well, this is me and this is the best I've got. This is what I could make. And I'm putting it out there for people to like or not like or comment on, or there's a lot of vulnerability in it, but. I think one thing I I try and really do is just try and appreciate that not everyone's tastes are the same. So people might not like your work, but it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with it. It's just not what they like. And and I get that. Yeah, I just, I really get that. I think you've got to try and remain, you know, some criticism is is harsher than that, but, you know, you're not ever going to be everyone's cup of tea. It's easier said than done. I just got to sort of stick to my knitting and, and do what I can do the best way I can do it and hope that there's there's a group of people out there. That's what they love too.
0: And last question, where would you like to see your practice take you in the next couple of years?
1: I just want to keep doing what I'm doing. Time is, is the thing for me. I just love more time to sort of experiment and branch out and try new things. And that might mean just coming back to, the things that I'm already doing but I'd love to have another another exhibition soon and I'd love to have some work shown in Sydney or Melbourne and just keep doing what I'm doing just keep painting paintings and I don't know what they'll look like but hopefully just get better with time and make things that that make people happy.
0: Pip, thank you so much for joining us this morning on 2SER. It was so lovely having you on. Thank
1: you so much, Will. It was really lovely to speak with you.